You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Hello, friends. It is time now for a supplemental episode as we've well, as we've reached the end of season two, before we get started on season three, let's uh, pause for a moment and reflect on all the crap that we don't feel like talking about while we have episodes to cover. And all so, the news that's fit to print. That and your mail and just various rumors and, and uh, whatever whatever we can find. Also, here. going on. Ahoy. So Innuendo. Yes. We shall definitely be discussing innuendo, so we might as well get Benedict Cumberbatch out of the way since you're mentioning innuendo. Ah, he's dreamy. Is he? Yes. Well, I, I'm not that Strange familiar with him. I'm ferret-like faces. Quite fetching. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Is it, I thought it was an otter. Face. That's what it was. That, yeah, yes. Benedict Cumberbatch looks like an otter, and David Mitchell, the, the English comedian, apparently looks like a koala bear. Da- really? That's, that's, what, that's what Tumblr has taught me recently. I well, you've seen the Benedict like Cumberbatch as an otter Tumblr, right? No, of course. Oh, well, well, you we, haven't. We will post links to oh, this. My. It's um, it, pictures of him side by side with pictures of otters, and the resemblance is uncanny. Very well. <laughs> and then David Mitchell, whom I believe you're less familiar with, but uh, this is definitely one of my favorites. It has nothing to do with Star Trek, but he's apparently a koala bear. I always thought he looked like a turtle. A bit turtley. He's got a real anyway. turtleishness to him. I suppose that's true, but koala bear, you'll see. All right. I'm sending you the link presently. And Benedict Cumberbatch is an otter, so so there's that. He's he's apparently in this whole weird, like, isn't he doing something for the Hobbit movie? Yeah, he's the voice of the dragon. Right, and then he's also uh, well, Sherlock, obviously. Everybody uh, British has to be in either the Hobbit or Harry Potter at some point, so. Well, of course. And then there's there's rumors that he may at some point pop up in Doctor Who because he's working with those guys on Sherlock and they like him. Mm-hmm. So there's he's just all over the place now. So it, seeing him in Star Trek is like he's trying to – I think he's trying to out-nerd Simon Pegg. <laughs> he's trying to get more I've been in nerd things stickers than Simon Pegg. I am okay with this as a contest. <laughs> I really haven't seen the guy in very much, so I'm curious to see him in, in the movie. Um, and speaking of Doctor Who, there's also the dude who played uh, Mickey – uh, Rose's boyfriend is going to be in the Star Trek movie as well, so that should be interesting. Really? Yeah. I like him. Yeah, me too. I'm curious to see who he is and what he does, but yeah. We're he actually... How he I, came to be. He's Gary 7. I think that we can... That would be awesome! <laughs> Gary 8. <laughs> I, I think we can go ahead and, and blow the lid off of this now. You know, this this breaking news for the hundred of you that are listening. We are planning on doing a crossover episode with the Drunken Time Travel Podcast. Um, yes, that is happening. We will, we will be comparing and contrasting grand. Star Trek and Doctor Who. <laughs> it is grand, Flunk. Yes, thanks for pointing that out. We've been looking for an excuse to do this pretty much since they started, and that excuse is the current uh, Star Trek Doctor Who crossover comic that's going on. It is coming out. It's not out yet. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought yet. the first one's already out. Is it not? I don't. No, we. I haven't. I haven't. No, seen it I yet. don't have it, so I assume it's not because yeah. very well. Why would it happen? No, if if you guys don't have it, then it's not out yet. I I thought it was out, but if not, it'll be soon. And Gav and I, uh, Irish Gavin and I have talked a bit, and we're basically, when it's done, when it's a full story, and we can all read it and have opinions on it, then yes. we will convene and discuss it. So 
I'm guessing Supplemental 7 will be that, but we'll see how that goes. But that should be fun. We have a we have all all kinds of stuff planned as far as my thing's better than your thing, and uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to win. But we'll oh, see. totally. You Plus, can do I can do better. <laughs> exactly. I've seen co- I see covers for that thing. It's got the original crew in it too. Yeah, I don't know what that's yeah, about. The I don't know. If, fantastic. I don't know yeah. if that's an alternate cover or what, because I know it was um, the current Doctor catchphrases are cool, Doctor, mm-hmm. and um, the and next gen crew. But then there's that other alternate one with. Kirk and the it's Scarf Kirk Doctor. And, I don't think it's an uh, alternate. I think it's just the cover for issue three. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I wasn't sure if it was an alternate cover or if it's actually what's going on. In no, there. I, I mean, <clears throat> like, it, I'm uh, like, if they're going to be doing this for the first time, I like the idea that they're taking like as much from the two franchises as possible. I, yeah, I would like that, but I don't know. Like, I I assume IDW has the full run of all Star Trek and all Doctor Who to make it happen. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, sometimes it's like, well, no, you only... Because of the way the stupid legal crap works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, it's like, oh, you can only have Kirk and Yeoman Rand, and that's right. it. Well, and if it's anything like the uh, just-finished uh, Star Trek meets Legion crossover that they just did, like, the guy who wrote that, uh, Chris Roberson, fucking just went rampant with Trek and, uh, and like, Legion stuff. Was it any good? I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of, of Legion, so I'm not I, sure I'm not I'd either. Get that but into it. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. There's that's a cool. great. Is there's just a the great original crew. Yeah, it's the original crew. Oh, okay, that's there's a great shot where um like it's all about time travel because it's Legion, mm-hmm. and um it turns out I mean, in the course of this it, like it turns out that Vandal Savage and that immortal dude that lived on that planet are the same guy. Do you oh, nice. What I'm about in the piano episode, yeah, Requiem for Methuselah. Yeah, Requiem for Methuselah. That was uh, oh, okay. what? What's the guy's name? I can't think of it now. Yeah, uh, Flint. Is it Flint? Yes, yes, it was Flint. Okay. Now, and there's a great shot where it, where you find out that the Legion and the Trek guys aren't the first time travelers to come to have tried to stop him. There's a great mm-hmm. shot of this room where he's just stored every time machine of every time traveler that's come after him. It's a two page uh-huh. spread of every famous time machine ever. Nice. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Like, there's a That's TARDIS cool. in there, there's a DeLorean, TARDIS there's a DeLorean. phone booth. Nice. I, if, if you put, a, like, the H.G. Wells, the sit-down one, that would yep. be cool. Like no, the, that's uh, there. Like, the Bill and Ted phone booth. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know. Dr. Doom's uh, ta- time pad thing. Oh, his his little linoleum panel that he gets on. <laughs> yeah, that goes up and down. Right. So, it's it, what is it? It's like the, um... Like the old Nintendo, like the twister mat that you would run on? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that takes him back in time for and some it reason. Shoots a, it shoots a light-up square over him, and he goes back in time. <laughs> well, why not? Oh, here's everybody. He's, he's Dr. Doom, the magic scientist, so he can pretty <laughs> much do anything he wants. Oh, man. So oh, I have, of course, I have, the hot tub time machine. Of course. Ah, uh, of course. Powered by energy drinks. Yep. That movie was not as terrible as I expected it to be. Well, considering how good. terrible you expected it to be. <laughs> what were you going to say, Vlog? Have you seen it? No, no yeah, I saw it. I did the same thing. It was it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I didn't I love impressed. it, and I'll never watch it again, but it, I got some laughs out of it, and there were some clever things in it. Um, Crispin Glover, in particular, <laughs> was pretty great. I'm in the and... past now. <laughs> And he can kick, Matt. Don't forget that. Uh, no, look, I'm well aware of what he can kick. Very well. That is so cool. 
Yeah, I'm looking at this this spread now, and we'll put this in the show notes for you guys. That is, the, I think that's the Flash's treadmill. Is that yeah, what that is? Yeah, the cosmic treadmill is yeah, there. Um, Stargate. There's a Stargate. What's his face? Is the other guy's uh, Booster Gold's friend? His uh, his time Skeets. bubble. No, no, no. The time traveler. Oh, I don't know. Booster Gold oh, is the time um, traveler. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter. Ah. Yeah, thank you. Rip Hunter. Space guy. And that's. I think that's the time tunnel back there too. Yep. Nice. Very nice. Never noticed that. Yeah, before. that's I thought that was just background. That's really cool. Like, that's a that's a very top ten background. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Alan Moore's top ten, where they would have all the. the sorry, I have to take his name out of the uh, out of the yeah, podcast, yeah. so you guys will just hear it's top ten. Mm-hmm. But um, no, there'd be all those great splash pages of just a million pop culture references back there. So. Yeah. English Gav constantly shaking his head. What is this? I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> all right, I'm so I have a list England. of. Uh, I have a list of a few things here that have just come up in the last couple of months that I think may be worth discussion or maybe not. Mm. There's this, there's been this long saga of this lost Star Trek episode that was written in the 60s. Yep. Uh, that was supposed to be a star vehicle for Milton Berle. <laughs> Mr. Television science fiction expert Milton Berle. Yeah. Milton Well, I'm Burl. not even... That's, that's not even a judgment. I, just as far as Star Trek goes, really, Milton Berle, huh? That's like a, about on par with that episode that Sherry Lewis wrote, <laughs> or the nope. episode of Voyager that has the rock in it. Okay. I, I, that made sense at least because wasn't it like Space Olympics and he was like a no, champion? they were on then a space wrestling planet, but yeah. it, it was just like who's hot right now? Okay, well, the thing, Milton Berle. Let's just put him in that, our uh, show. UPN yeah, UPN owned wrestling, wrestling at that point. At the time, yeah. Now, see, I like actually like The Rock. I, I have no interest in wrestling at all, but I, The Rock as an actor, I actually like. Well, that, this thing, he he this was his first thing, and he didn't mm. act. He just no, wrestled. He didn't oh. actually do anything. Uh, that's not cool. Yeah, all, yeah he was yeah. completely silent and just gave like the eyebrow thing he does. Because like I could see him as a Klingon, for instance, like somebody big and imposing, but also yeah. kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, that would be awesome. This was not like he. No, well, I didn't see it, so I couldn't say. Well, I've seen. Shockingly, Voyager took a good idea and did nothing with it. <laughs> really? Wow! Yeah, who saw that coming? Well, you're 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 hip deep in that right now, aren't you? Are you trying to slowly uh, slog I'm your way through that? Slowly, I watch one episode of Voyager, three episodes of Doctor Who because I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's what makes it bearable. Huh? The yeah. one I've stopped on right now, uh, Tuvok is a babysitter. And I'm like, no, no, no. Is it, are you Borg babies? No, I haven't got to the Borg babies yet. This is like uh, season two. Because our pal Irish Gav, as we've mentioned before, made his way entirely through the series. And I only made it through about the first season and a half. I may, might have made it through season two, but that was it and I gave up. And so I'm through his eyes seeing all kinds of crap that we're going to have to deal with someday. And it's like, God. oh, God, Borg baby. That's a real I, thing. I made it through Enterprise in one in one go. I, I could not say the same well, thing about Voyager. In fairness, Enterprise was only four seasons. Sure, but you, you, I, even when it was season, terrible, I've been watching season two of Voyager for the past three months. Yeah, but in the back of your head somewhere, you must know. And after this, there's five more years of this. <laughs> Whereas yeah. even with Enterprise, it's like, okay, I'm already halfway done. And season four actually wasn't terrible, so I, I did have a dim light at the end of the tunnel. I'm actually from from this point forward not going to badmouth Voyager or Enterprise unless I do. But I'm going to try not to. to. I'm just going to try to say, you know what? Let's just come into it fresh and. I'll judge it when we get there. Because I'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about how terrible those shows are. Well, so. they are terrible. Is the thing. Well, let's judge them when we see them, though. I think that would be... But we have seen them. 
I'm waist deep in gel packs right now. So gel packs? That's yeah, they the... Voyager doesn't have isolinear chips. It has gel packs. Yeah, that's it... right. Isn't this supposed to be like a biomechanical? Yeah, thing there was that something? episode where the ship got a cold. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna judging. stop bad nothing Voyager, Al. I'm just reacting to what he said, Matt. I'm not gonna keep using it as a punchline, is what I mean. That's meant. where that's uh, actually where where Gav's blog came from. That's the line. Get the get cheese to sick episode, Yeah. Oh man. Well, once again, we'll provide a link to that. And he he complete he finished recently. He's reviewed all full seven seasons, and he thought about moving on to Enterprise, and he's like, "Fuck no." Why would and you end it with a delightful poem? Why yeah. would you go oh, to hell was, after going fantastic. through purgatory? I see. Again, I I a lot of people have said that Enterprise was better, and I don't it's... think so. But I'm going to stop saying that because this is pretty much the universal. Season four is what season one should have been. It's the start of a good idea, it, but then the it got canceled, so the idea mm-hmm. never went anywhere. And if I think if they that. had started with the stuff that they were doing in season four, if they had started with that, it, the show would be received a lot differently. But they didn't. Well, yeah. in but any you'll case, get to that. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that. Enterprise, after it went off, like there was a long period. We think there was a long period without Star Trek, but really the period between the first Abrams movie and the second one's going to be the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it went from 2005 to 2009, and now we're going from 2009 to 2013, which is four years. Yeah. It's like this This is technically another dark period, but it's just because that guy couldn't get off his ass. Yep. Well, at least we know now, though. Like, yeah, I mean, like back, back then, then you had like... no idea. It was just vast unending. Yeah. You maybe Brian Singer will do something. Maybe yeah. Abrams. We don't know. Well, that but was that was like, that they're really... filming it. Something will happen eventually. We just got to wait for it. Yeah, there was that really interesting thing floating around where um, who was it? JMS had kind of a cool yeah. idea about rebooting, mm-hmm. which they ended up doing, but different idea. But he had an idea for bringing it back as a series and kind of tying stuff together more mm-hmm. and doing more serialized stuff, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think we've went before. To split. Yeah, I think. yeah, probably. But the, but the pitch itself wasn't. No, bad. no, he had some good ideas. So yeah. did Singer, from what I've anyway, seen of his uh, from of his pitch. Well, that that's Singer's that's was another really interesting. That's another but, thing. Brian yeah. Singer and Brian Fuller, uh, who's produced a number of great shows that have been great for a brief period of time and then disappeared. Very briefly, great. Well, he did. He did Wonder Falls, which I think lasted what one full season, yes. and then he did Pushing Daisies, which got two seasons. Yep. And I think he's done other stuff, but those are the ones that jump out to me because I've seen those, and they're both quite good. And he's good at serialized storytelling. He's good at sort of a not straightforward, sort of quirky way of doing it. And I don't know. I like the guy. And those two teaming up together, I think, could be very interesting. But apparently, the studio says no. They say this is in Abrams' hands. Leave it alone. We got this. I sort of feel like that's a, I, mm. like I kind of get that. Just like we're gonna focus on the movies right now. There will be time to do a series later. Like if there's anything well, I know, yeah, about I like movies, the cautionary it's, sort do of three, and then they'll do yeah, and then the director will jump yeah, and then they'll do a series or they'll reboot it again. Right, right. And one of the things that killed the franchise in the first place was just we have to get a minimum of one Star Trek series out at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they usually had two until Enterprise. There was always yeah. two from. Well, from actually, the they, point... could, they, they couldn't just like leave it be for a year or two after no. after Voyager ended. They had to immediately get that next one right out. Yeah, and that I think was part of the problem is that they just rushed that to production and they really didn't think it out as much as they maybe could. Well, and also yeah. the fa- like I always wondered why they took the 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 actual Star Trek name off of Enterprise for the first like what two years, right? Um, 
pretty sure that was a marketing thing. They wanted to get yeah. like broaden the appeal and get more people. It's like it. we need more like P- Star Trek's old and stuffy. We need to get rid of a name people have heard of. Replace it with a name people have heard of, but in possibly yeah. a different capacity. Plus, what they're going to tune in and see Klingons and Star Trek like starships. I thought this was going to be about an aircraft carrier, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it had that delightful oh. theme song at the beginning. Well, it has been um, a long time. The, the space shuttle Enterprise arrives here in New York soon, very soon. I think tomorrow. Oh, is, are they doing so a flyby the time, for you? As this podcast is posting, the uh, this the shuttle will be uh, like on its way. Oh, nice. Are they doing a flyby, or are they putting it in a museum there or something? It's going on the Intrepid. Oh, very nice. Yeah, because <laughs> having an aircraft carrier that's a museum isn't cool enough. <laughs> throw well, we, the spaceship um, on it. You know, uh, Boeing's out here, and they they have one of the space shuttles. Either they have or are, go- are getting one of the space shuttles permanently here. But having the Enterprise yeah, yeah, is just there's a one. Cool. We're getting one. You guys are getting one, and uh, probably DC. I think is getting. Oh, uh, uh, Florida, obviously. Uh-huh. Florida's getting the. Other oh one. yeah, that makes sense. And Canada's getting nothing. Yeah. Well, just to be clear, Canada is allowed to visit if they ask, if they ask nicely, <laughs> and they, they give us uh, tax money. How does that right. work? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so this Milton Berle uh, script apparently was written way back when, yep. and uh, it didn't happen for whatever reason, the reason probably being that it was a terrible idea. But it surfaced recently, and they actually put it out for the Kindle briefly, like just published it. And then, and then at one point... Um, one of the fan film uh, guys, the New Voyages, said, "Oh well, we'll make this. We we make Star Trek like continuing stories, not for profit. We'll we'll totally pick this up." And then Paramount or CBS or whoever the hell it is, I don't even know anymore, uh, said, "No, you can't. We're going to do something with this." It's like really, really. <laughs> what what are you going to do with it? Well, we're in contact with the ghost of Milton Berle, and we think we can get him <laughs> to appear in it. We think we could change, just cross out Milton, Milton Berle and write Jack Black in and Crayon, and it'll basically be the same thing. <laughs> They're not wrong. But um, if really you're not going to let Brian Singer, yeah, Brian Singer and Brian Fuller do a show, <laughs> but you have plans for this aborted 1968 Milton Berle vehicle. Yep, they love Milton Berle. That, let, let, let's be clear on this, that even Gene Roddenberry didn't think was good enough for Star Trek. Apparently, the good Gene uh, rewrote it and made it terrible and killed it. Gene Coon, really? Yeah. Huh. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be serious because Milton Berle is the great dramatic actor that he is. Oh, of course. And uh, Gene Coon rewrote it into a comedy, and they're like, "Oh no, we're not going to do this anymore." <laughs> Maybe that's why he did it. This is a terrible idea. It I was know originally by uh, just... what Norman Spinard, right? Yeah, who had written yes. other episodes. Yeah, no, and I've read, episodes, a, I read a book I by him, too, that was actually quite good. Yeah. Was it any good? Oh, very nice. Yeah, and I guess he wanted to publish it at some point, too, or maybe that that's where right. it came from. I don't know. I'll, oh. I'll, post, the, I'll, I'll post the articles. Uh, Probably should read actually, these before we... Yeah. They have a description of the story here, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's interesting and different, something that they've never done. Uh, okay. It says it's about a self-made god who needs to be taken down a peg or two by Kirk and Company. Never heard of that oh, before. Oh, well. So this just sounds very interesting. I can't believe they've never didn't... seen that. No, they never did a story like that, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. Very strange. See, and rewriting it as a comedy, I could maybe see Burl almost pulling off like a Cyrano Jones, Harry Mud type goofy character. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Friend, Kirk, look at my giant penis. You think that's giant? Hang on. Rather not. Goodbye. 
<laughs> All right, let's move Welcome on to this to much more interesting story. Burl. Friend Burl. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, get the tripping balls thing out. I don't know, you did the K voice. You can't you won't we stop can doing it until now. you do tripping balls. Nope. Ugh. Not until you, can you tell say the people it. the fun fact you learned about uh about Takei's birthday. I don't I didn't. Matt. Oh. Matt, did you learn oh. something about Takei's birthday? I mean I know it was the other day. Oh, it was uh <laughs> turns out it's on uh four uh four twenty. Oh really? Explaining yep. why he's tall as tripping balls. So Adolf Hitler and George Takei share a birthday. Yep. Yep. God. All right. Um, so there's this article about, and it's written by this dude who who was uh, deeply involved in this project. Uh, at one point, Las Vegas almost had a full-scale exterior model of the Enterprise A. In the early 90s, uh, there, was a, there was a contest to redesign something for downtown Vegas, and he designed this giant walk-through, I guess, Enterprise yeah. that would just sit out on the strip and would be visible which, from the air for people flying into town. Which is friggin' awesome. Yeah, no, and, the, and yes. we'll link to this. There's, there's The sketches and so forth look fantastic. And he's even got a comparison drawing here comparing, like, if you stood it from the end of the back nacelle to the front of the saucer section, it's as tall as the Eiffel Tower and almost as tall as the Empire State Building. Yep. It's just fantastic. And he said, like, it would just be out there as a, you know, as a monument forever. And they jumped through all the hoops. They got Paramount's permission. They got money. They got everything in place. And then one last guy who had to approve it said, no, we're not doing that. Why on earth would we want to have a a, a Star Trek ship here? Now, this was 1992. Next Gen was doing very well. Uh, The the last uh, movie with the original crew had just come out. Like, it it was doing pretty well, but it didn't have, like... Nerds weren't really cool yet at this point, right? So I could yeah. see their reluctance. Our time to Star had Trek. yet to come. Yeah, I understand why they didn't do it, but but man, that but getting cool. through all those hoops and just one guy like that was that's the thing. It's like if Paramount said no, okay, that's fine. But they they got Paramount to say okay, and they got everybody yeah. to say okay, and then then just one guy said no. And it's really cool to read this. We'll provide a link for this. It's really cool to read because it's from this guy's perspective, and he just tells the story, and it's so heartbreaking because he was so into it. And then this one guy just shot his idea down and just casually, no, nah, we're not doing that. Next. Just like, ooh. <laughs> it turned out the guy was a big uh, Battlestar Galactica fan. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're doing a life-size Cylon out in the middle of the desert. Hey, that would be fine, so, too. what, six feet? Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a statue? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in the middle this, of the desert. This This dude's argument, apparently, was that if this failed... You're not going to be able to get rid of this thing, and you'll have this Enterprise corpse sitting out in the middle of the desert forever. You're and just that's... sweetening the pot, buddy. Yeah, that, I mean, it's a valid point on the one hand, but you, you, Paramount really doesn't need a constant reminder that Enterprise equals failure. Oh my god, no, man, it would be awesome. That would be here after the apocalypse. <laughs> Future Fucking... alien uh, archaeologists would wonder what, what this was. Fucking Charlton Heston wandering through the desert. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You blew it up, you maniacs! <laughs> that would be great, and it would you be great. You use the Enterprise B. <laughs> the thing is, I I went to the Star Trek experience when it was there, and that was fantastic. I had a drink in Quarks, and I was on the bridge of the Enterprise D, and that was great. But this would have been something else entirely. This would have yeah, been so annoyed just... I didn't get to go to that. Yeah, it was yeah, we were, so um, worth it. 
my friends uh, were getting married, and they were going to uh, they were going to go out to, to Vegas and do it. Mm-hmm. And they got married in February, and they shut the thing down in um, in in September. Oh, so we, we were oh, almost fuck. going to. Oh, it was right. so oh, infuriating. That sucks. No, it was yeah. it was a lot of fun, and um, we actually saw a wedding there. Uh, people dressed up in full Klingon garb. Of course. Nice. And had a Klingon wedding there. And I, while I would not do that, I certainly think you can it's see, cool that people do. You can see the appeal. Yeah, I totally can see the appeal. I would just get be in a Starfleet uniform. I wouldn't do the Klingon right. thing. I'm not saying yeah. I'm beyond Star Trek wedding. I'm saying I'm beyond Klingon wedding. Right. I read a thing that I think I think Will Wheaton Will Wheaton wrote it. That's what you're saying. I thought you were going to say Wolverine wrote it. What? <laughs> it's tough. Will I love Wheaton Star Trek, it. Bob. <laughs> um, about how like how accurate it was, and it was it was like the. Just like being on the set. Oh yeah, if he if he went on if he went on the bridge set and could yeah. verify that it was like the real set, that's even cool. I imagine it was like it, this makes no sense, but Except even better more because real. there was a transporter involved versus just you know walking onto a soundstage. Well, that and there's no there's no uncompleted part. Like it's the full set, and they don't have to put yeah. cameras anywhere. So in a way, it would be a little more real because there's no, mm-hmm. it's not like three quarters of the bridge and then cameras. Yeah. So no, it was it's very cool. One of the coolest things that, that I've been to, I would say. Um, I haven't been to a lot of places. <laughs> and speaking of Will Wheaton... Ah, yes. <laughs> there was a... I actually was uh, uh, alerted to this by uh, Regretzi. There was a... It's basically just, just standard issue, uh, horrible slash fic. Although, I don't know, I guess slash fic doesn't mean fuck fiction. I don't know. There's fucking in it. I don't know if Doesn't, that's Slash or something else. I feel like, isn't Slash fiction, like... The it, thing the thing we it, read at our live show for Sarcastic Voyage was Slash. Apparently, what has actual graphic sex in it is something... I don't know. The Well Actually believe, Brigade like, and yelled at me. I'm, I'm half making this up, and I, sir, I only know... A friend yeah, told me. I, I don't know this Of course. Yeah, so you um, don't... Yeah, no, of course not. The term slash actually comes from Star Trek when when people yeah, does. would write no, I told you um, fucking sayings with uh with Kirk with slash Kirk Spock. Spock. Kirk slash Spock. Yeah, back in the old like news groups days, like yeah. it was always one name slash the other name, and that's that was the format. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, apparently the Well Actually Brigade has told us that that's not slash. So well. I don't know. But what this is is well, here let me give you a bit of a reading. This is called Wesley Crusher Teenage Fuck Machine by the. Uh, by the well-known author Kitty Glitter. <laughs> this was actually oh, the New Hampshire glitters. Yes. <laughs> by the actual, by it was an actual um, Kindle book that you could buy, and I actually did spend I don't know two ninety nine or something on this. If you had Amazon Prime, it was free. But well worth the money. I listen when you hear. I'm, I'll read like the first page and a half here. It's it's a All quick right. read, <clears throat> and it's it starts just in in media res, as they say, just right in the middle of the action, and that's where Wesley Crusher came in. In the girl's mouth, stifling a scream caused by the tiny barbs that encircled the tip of Meow Solo's penis. <laughs> the barbs scraped against her rectal walls, tearing out chunks of flesh as the feline pilot extraordinaire withdrew his penis from her virgin ass. Oh, we're not even close to the good part, man. What is the meaning of this? said Captain Picard. Wesley stopped his fucking and turned around to look directly at none other than Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Sup, Picard, said Wesley. That's the money line for my for me. Sup, Picard. An orgy aboard the holodeck, shouted Picard. This is an outrage. 
Prof Moriarty suddenly materializes in front of Picard, brandishing a silver pistol. You ready for this, guys? This is this is it. I'll, I'll start again. Professor Moriarty suddenly materializes in front of Picard, brandishing a silver pistol, and shoots the captain in his balls. Picard collapses to the floor, screaming in agony. Now, my, mind you, they've changed tenses two or three times here. It was past oh, tense, sure. now it's sort of present tense. <gasps> Your days of blathering on are over, Picard, said Moriarty. Now call that guy with the beard and tell him Moriarty said he was a filthy animal. <laughs> Riker, screamed Picard. You are, of course, referring to Will Riker, one of the finest officers I've ever served with. Wesley and Meow Solo stepped off he-girl and pulled their skin-tight pants up. Whatevs, Picard, said Wesley. <laughs> Nobody cares who you served with. The Enterprise is totally doomed. I filled this chamber up with space gas. <laughs> no, cried Picard. And it goes on like that. And if you'd like to read more about it, you can consult your local library. You, but you, you don't have to take my word for you'll it. You'll have to Google it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But it's not on the. It's not in the Kindle store anymore. Somebody finally realized. Oh wait, this is selling for money. And it's got a picture of Will Wheaton on the cover. Maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe we ought should do something about that. Yeah. Oh, at the bottom of this page, Moriarty stepped out of the holodeck. OMG, I'm real now. This rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's being written in character. <laughs> <laughs> so that was well worth the, whatever it was, two ninety nine. It was less than five bucks. I don't remember exactly. But, uh, well worth it. Jesus Christ. It's actually quite short. I was thinking I could do the whole thing, and then I was like, eh. <laughs> Go out on a high note. Well, I found shooting the Goodreads entry for it. <laughs> shooting <laughs> shooting Picard in the balls is really the uh, the Costanza exit line there. Oh, that's all for me. Yeah. No, that, that is a delight. So, Kitty Glitter, whoever the hell you are, thank you for that. Meow <laughs> Solo. Yeah. With, with its barbed penis, I, I don't even know, man. I'm just, I'm looking at. I was looking for the uh, for this word online, and I found an article here. Tom Welling tapped a star in Wesley Crusher teenage fuck machine. <laughs> that's the Smallville guy, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Sure, I bet. I bet Will Wheaton would do it. Oh, I'm sure he would. <laughs> if this was a physical book, I totally would have gotten him to sign this at Emerald City. Yep. Uh, Two so out. That was keep chasing that out. rainbow. Yeah. Will Wheaton. <laughs> keep fucking that Wesley Crusher. Stop <laughs> the card. Keep coming in that cat chick. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got the some mail sub here. makes me picture him as hmm? Nick's nephew. <laughs> Jick? Yeah. That is about the deepest reference you can possibly make that no one else is going to get. Swamp may remember that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but that's because you do some writing with us. Nobody else is going to know what you're talking uh, about. I don't care. Uh, All right, let's answer some mail now. Uh, uh, Mike X has written to us, and he says, Hey, Alan Matt, I've been enjoying Pa since it started. I was a fan of the original series as a small kid, and a bigger fan of Next Gen as a teenager through college. My interest has since waned, but there's enough nostalgia to enjoy a few minutes here and there, and definitely enough to listening to an entertaining podcast about the shows. Stage Whisper, I'm talking about you guys. Oh, that's well, nice. Thank you. I'm wondering, though, where do you get the episode titles you list in each of your shows? I'll admit that it's been a while since I've seen a full episode of TNG, so I'm hazing on the naming details, but The Child? Conspiracy? Skin of Evil? What? I remember episodes like Troy Gets Pregnant, or The Exxon Valdez Spill Kills Tasha, 
Or, of course, that <laughs> guy's head awesome. totally explodes. <laughs> also subtitled, Can You Believe Paramount Got Away With That? I'm eagerly waiting for you guys to review my favorite, the time-repeating episode, It's a Long Way Down to the Bottom of the Warp Core. For which you'll probably have some crazy alternate title that I've never heard of before. Seriously, though, where silence has lease? Really? Confusedly yours, Mike. Well, Mike, if you've noticed, we actually, uh, much like when we do Sarcastic Voyage, we actually pull the episode titles from from uh, dialogue during the show. Yeah, so obviously if, if I say, up the long ladder, Matt, then that then becomes the episode title. Because we were talking about that time that you went up that long ladder. Right. Which was a thing that and punched that an Irish guy. And found an Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Irish guy was with us at that point. He was actually at the top of that. He ladder. was up a long ladder. Yeah. Why are you up this long ladder? I'm hiding. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's now now you make him sound like a, one of those awful uh, uh, Chuck Norris facts. Irish Gav never. What is it? He never hides. He just waits or something like that. <laughs> I would believe that. Yes. Irish Gav never hides. He just drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that explains the alternate title to that other episode, Hide and Drink, which actually makes more sense than Hide and Q. Yes, well, everything makes well, more sense Well, they were drinking so much lemonade. <laughs> Was it gray? I think so. But it right. had to be, right? It's lemonade. Yes. Well, yeah, what other color would lemonade be? No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I actually, I like the idea of naming the episodes after just the description of them. I think that would help us remember what they were. The one because where... when we wrote the episode guide that that is now available, by the way, you can buy that on our website. Mm. Um, or get to download a lap. Uh, not in the Kindle store, but you can buy it for the Kindle if you if you buy the electronic copy. You I sure will, can. I have we, a Kindle and I have the book. Excellent. We will we will email that to you directly forthwith. Thusly. Um, where was I going with that? Up, st- up a long ladder. Yes. Oh, it, uh, yeah. When we when we made that, it's like we kept having to go back through our old notes and like, what episode was this? And as recently as this week, as we post the video summary of season two of Next Gen, episodes that we just saw three weeks ago, mm-hmm. Matt's like, which which one is that? Matt, it's the one we just saw. And it's not just him. I do it too. It's just I happen to be reading over stuff and I remembered and he just, you know... He just woke up and he's like, I don't know, which one is that? I don't now, know. Now, for some reason, I have a much easier time remembering titles to original series episodes than I do for uh, Next Gen. A lot of that might have to do with, you know, when I was a kid and I read the episode guides <laughs> over and over and over again. That is a shared experience. We both did that for some reason. Yeah. Part of it, too, probably has a lot to do with after watching Shades of Grey, all the blunt head trauma just probably just knocked a lot out of you. Uh, oh, that completely. did not help. Because this was maybe the day after we did Shades of Grey, so it was still pretty fresh in our minds. Well, the problem was that I figured the only way to re- truly enjoy Shades of Grey was to plunge uh, needles into my skull. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> needles into nails. <laughs> now, the the thing is, um, I, to, to properly enjoy Shades of Grey, you, you either have to hit yourself over the head repeatedly, or at the very least forget every episode you'd seen prior to that. Right. I got really drunk before I watched it, so yeah, because yes, that way exactly that'll work too. That way, one, you don't you have anything to compare it to, and you think, okay, well, this isn't that bad. And two, you don't remember the flashbacks, and they're new to you, so you might actually enjoy it on that level. It's like, oh, this is when that happened. Okay, I did not remember this because I am drunk and I've been hit in the head, and I have Alzheimer's, and I have a bucket on my head with needles inside of it right <laughs> in my house. I very nearly pulled out the bucket, but I think the bucket should be for over-the-top bad, not just phoning it not in just bad. boring. Well, they, they just phoned it in, and yes. that's not the same. No, the bucket will be definitely pulled the, down for 
if not rascals, then reverse evolution. Yeah, no, the, the buckets for when you're actually actively oh, mad. I like with reverse evolution. You like reverse evolution, really? I like I like rascals too, though. So yeah, I know. I don't like when they turn into stuff. Actually, I, let me clarify. I don't like when they turn into stuff and then turn back. I think if you got a crewman who got turned into something and he just had to stay that way or he died that way, that would be cool and creepy. But Riker turning into an ape man and then turning back and retaining his brain and everything's fine just doesn't make any sense. I think that makes more sense than, like, uh, Worf turning into, like, a monster and then turning well, back. Well, I just was using Riker Monkey as an example. But, uh, you know, well, Riker Monkey also makes more sense than... Uh, than... <laughs> Barclay turning into a spider. No, none of it made sense. But I always just assumed that was turning because... into a lizard. Yeah, or like, um, I... Troy being a fish. My assumption. Now that, that I don't mind because uh... maybe that's where Betazoids came from. Same thing with um, with Worf becoming the the big monster thing. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's how they evolved on that planet. Yeah. What were we saying? No, I, I know for a fact that cats like... did not evolve from iguanas. <laughs> you think Barclay what? I always figured Barclay was like from like he just looked human. He wasn't sort of like how Troy. Looks human, but you know, isn't that could be? But I don't know. Barkley is a human name. Yeah, no, I'm not, I never said it was a good so plan, but it's not a His good name. Episode, is Reginald so. Barkley? Like that's a you know, right from you know, Barklon One. All right, in the Reginald system. <laughs> very well. They worship they're the holodeck. They're a very nervous people. There, they're very nervous people, and they like Earth literature, and particularly Earth porn. Yes, and Betazoid women. They're big fans of Wesley Crusher Teenage Fuck Machine. Oh, man, they Bark love one. Wesley Crusher Teenage yeah. Fuck Machine. But really, as far as next-gen episode titles go, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple, like, Loud as a Whisper should be the one with the deaf guy, and it's not. Yep. Or, no, it's the other one. It's Silence as Lease should be about the deaf guy, and it's not. That was the space face one, and I kept, like, Matt, no, that's that's not the deaf guy one. That's the one with the space face. Well, and, you know, Which I naturally one? assumed that Up the Long Ladder was the one where the Enterprise is attacked by a very long ladder. Right. And like, I was very shocked. That's the one where the transporter broke and they had to put a ladder down to <laughs> go downstairs. <laughs> and it turned out it was, to the, it was the Irish one, whereas I assumed that, whereas my assumption was that the Irish one was called Invasion of the Irish People. <laughs> Look out, Nails, he's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one comes from Tidro, and she says, What's a Star Trek? What a hilarious right. joke. I have a it's feeling we're going to be getting go on. question a lot. The only person who can ask that question is English Gav. Mm. Because that he's sincere about it. <laughs> yes. And he has Just, a delightful accent. Right. Uh, actually, a time lord accent, that, if I understand correctly. What's that? A time lord accent. Uh, it's it's a northern accent, as I, I believe it's like a Yorkshire accent. So. That was where I was going with that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um... Uh, this one comes from our friend Kim, who will actually be doing an episode with us in Season 3, so that'll be fun. And she says, Captain Jean-Luc Picard asks, Bond, how British am I? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I you want to field this one? I thought he was French. Well, he is. In fact, here's a, here's a follow-up to that from Bruton Andy, who says, True or false? Jean-Luc Picard having a French name speaking with a British accent is proof that I should never trust the French. Cordially, Bruton Andy. It's an extremely good reason not to trust the French. I, I'm sure I've said my theory on this many times, which oh, is yes. that in, in World War Three, the England, the English took over France. Oh, we absolutely and did. There's so, that. What was it family when they go back to his little French vineyard. villa and everyone's yeah. British? Yeah, and the thing is, they're in France. It is a country steeped in tradition, but they are occupied by generations of British people. Mm -hmm. So that makes total sense to me. 
And also, but there could be there could be other explanations. Well, and also there's the whole like like Universal Translator thing. He could be speaking French. He just Ooh, speaks with an English accent. Well, then how come the Universal Translator doesn't translate when he says "merde"? Well, because that's offensive. Oh well. I would rather they that it not work for that one word than have to put an annoying beep noise into the episode. Although honestly, I don't think that uh, Picard should be saying "merde" at all. That always seemed, well. seemed out of character for me. He did it more than once, though. I know, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who curses. As someone who curses French. constantly, I should know. I don't know the dude. The dude who got stabbed in tapestry spoilers, I guess, is totally one who who would have sworn. Yeah, but he's not that guy anymore. Yeah, but I think there's still like in a, in a crisis situation. I think there's still remnants of that. Uh, I don't buy it. Plus, maybe that's why he's bad around children, because he just swears like crazy. <laughs> he gets nervous when he feels, oh, shit, you're a child. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, Number damn. Number one, get that son of a bitch out fuck. of there. Oh, damn. Uh, get them off the bridge, Mr. Wolf. Shit, fuck, shit. Shit, fuck, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did one of you just drop your headset, like, trying to mime the card? Uh, all right. Uh, next one comes from Laura, and she says, I hope it's not about uh, cheese curds squeaking, but... They squeak because there's air in them. I've heard that about (laughs) 17 times. Uh, Hi, guys. I know y'all just wrapped up season two of TNG, but lately I've been making my way through Deep Space Nine for the first time and not tweeting about it to torture y'all like that meanie head lynch boy does. Actually, he's stopped that, too, which is nice. He's watching watching right now. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Here's my quandary. I find Kira to be an insufferable whiny brat who only has two modes. One, make everyone feel bad because, wah, I'm a Bajoran. And two, look at me, I have a righteous cause. Does Kira ever grow to where I won't want to shove a sock in her mouth just to get her to stop whining so I can watch Dukat in peace? Thanks in advance, Laura. I don't find her insufferable in, in like, into, like, season two, but... uh, yeah, she's like halfway through season three right now, and, yeah, and no, if by you this don't point, like her by then, you're yeah. not going to. Yeah, no. no I mean, she goes through some great she stuff for the wrong. Better. Yeah, I mean, they all sort of gel in around season two. I don't know. That show hit the ground running for me. Like, yeah. the early episodes aren't really DS9 yet. There's still more next-gen episodes, but the characters were pretty much in place from day one. Yeah. And that show, like, had a couple of missteps, but nowhere close to the missteps that next-gen had. And I don't know, if you don't like her now, you're probably never going to like her is the I'm, answer. I actually, I got a, I got a theory on the whole uh, bad season seven of Next Gen, good season one of... Uh, <laughs> all the good guys moved over, that's not Does a theory, that that's theory involve Ron Moore at all? Because... No, it's not, a th- it's not a theory, this is what Marina Sirtis actually said when I went and saw her at uh, the Comic-Con. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, she says, "Oh, by that by that point, any time they had a good they had a good script, they would send they would rewrite it for DS nine." Wait, wait hang get, on, hang on. Did she say DS nine or did she call it by the name she always calls it? Deep nine. Nope, deep thing. No, she did not call it deep thing. I would when I when that. I saw her, this was like ninety six when uh, Next Gen was off. DS nine was still on. We were all pretty big fans of it, and she was really good friends with Terry Farrell. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I'm never going to be on deep thing. <laughs> She was, like, really resentful of it, and she just kept calling it Deep Thing. <laughs> no, it, if they called it anything, it was, uh, they kept calling it Deep Space. <laughs> she would just say Deep, th- like, she she did this sort of great, sort of flippant, I don't know what it is and I don't care thing. Uh-huh. And it didn't come off as desperate because they were still making movies and she didn't care. Mm-hmm. Not like Shatner saying, the next, j- I don't know. <laughs> the next Jabba. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty good. But, yeah, that makes sense. Plus, yeah, they like like Flunk said, they did get Ron Moore, and I think they got some of their other guys. So Now, every time they wrote us a good script, they would send it over to Deep Nine, 
And then they would give us one from the original series that had been rewritten. <laughs> one all over again. Yep. All right. This one comes from Gay Scott, and he says, How are you? I am fully functional. How are you? I am I gay. believe that. <laughs> well, according to Amanda, there are no gay people in Star Trek, so uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, which character There's is... There's the androgynous in- people. Yeah, that's, she said that was a cop-out. She said that was Star mm. Trek trying to deal with gay people and copping out. I will be get there and we'll discuss it. There's an episode, yes, not yes. to go back onto this thing, but there's an episode of yeah. Enterprise that involves space aids. Yeah, but Enterprise, by by that point, was the mid-2000s, and they it wasn't as controversial yeah, it as was, it would have been in the 90s. It was bad, though. I, well, it sounds like it, but, mm-hmm. you know, you keep telling me that show's good, so, uh, you know. I see. There's ten good episodes. Wow. I'm like 20. <laughs> Uh, which character has improved the most this season? I assume he means the season we just finished, uh, season two of Next Gen. Uh, which ones still seem to be stuck in mediocrity? You guys want to take this first? Uh, I yeah, I'm going to go with Pulaski. Answers. Yeah, I was really <laughs> surprised. I figured out of spite you wouldn't admit it, but you're like, nope, nope you know what? Me. You're right, she's pretty okay. No, you were right, I was wrong. You could sing the I Was Right song. No, I don't want to. I'd much rather be right than gloat. I just, I would like you to enjoy Star Trek. <laughs> I'm glad you do. But no, she uh, that chick took a severe upturn from the beginning. From the beginning, where I would still say I did not find her pleasant at the beginning of the the season. She grew. No, on and me. like I told you from the beginning, there was an arc. Yes. where she really comes around and becomes a better part of the crew, and particularly to Data and Picard, mm-hmm. she becomes more likable, and then they get rid of her. Yeah. She uh, like she earns that attitude. This is what I've been talking about the yeah. entire season. Like, yeah, and, she's and been we'll there actually have to earn it. At the end of this episode, we're actually going to attack the live Q&A we had at our live show, mm-hmm. which um, a, a good friend of the show, Jason, actually brought that up, said she didn't earn that. I don't know that I agree with that, but it's an interesting point, and, and you'll hear him sort of go off, and, and, you, and you'll hear Matt agree with him. So, mm-hmm. there's that. Uh, uh, I still... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and that's... No, I need to think about it for characters that haven't... Uh, Flan, what about you? Jordy in engineering, like, that, oh, that's right. Stuff. Yeah, and, and, and Worf um, in security. Yeah, yeah, and the same thing with Worf, like, now that he has, uh, like, responsibilities and stuff, and he actually mm-hmm. got to do things, yep. his character came around, too. He wasn't just a, look, there's a Klingon on the bridge. He was actually yeah. a guy. <laughs> Everyone's like, how would you know? <laughs> no, that was that was cool, you're right. Um I'm, I'm going to good stuff too, but he was already pretty fully. Oh, Dana was Dana and Picard were the only real solid ones out of season one. So mm-hmm, I mean, they yeah. just kept it going. I would say Riker really as yeah. the big one for me. Riker yeah, yeah, really was next one. fleshed out in season two because we and we pointed this out in the the Klingon Exchange episode. That was a quintessential Riker episode. That is, yep. You know what? I'm faced with this challenge. I can take it. This is cool. I want to do something different, and I I I can totally handle it. And it, and that it was sounds Riker stupid, all over. but his beard makes him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think like, it's just, he just it's a like a generic kind of dude. Well, yeah, brown white guy in the background. Yeah. And then he, and then the beard adds like six inches and forty pounds to him, and he just looks <laughs> like he just looks like Riker now. Yeah, I I think it helps that I mean the writing dovetailed at the same time as the beard. Like it, I don't think the beard actually made the character better, but I think. He grew the beard and the writing got better, and now yeah, no, you always the, just think beard Riker equals good Riker. Yeah, the beard is just an indication that he's, like, he grew up, basically. Yeah, we talked about this, actually, on the very first Star Trek episode we did of, of Sarcastic Voyage, where Ed uh, talked to us, and, yeah, he's he's moderately versed in Star Trek, but nowhere near where we are. And he's just like, look, if I see Riker without a beard, I'm changing the channel. Mm-hmm. 
And to to a guy who enjoys Star Trek but isn't that into it, that's that is a nice guideline. Yeah, that's a pretty yep. good uh, yep. indication. If you see Tashiar on the bridge, right. keep going. Yep. If you see uh, Tashiar being thrown at a rock, keep going. Yeah. If you see Tashiar with pointy ears, keep going. Uh, <laughs> but if you see Tashiar on a on a bridge without wharf, that one's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one, though. <laughs> Nine out of ten ep- times you see Tashi, you might as well just skip it. Yeah, but yesterday's Enterprise, one of the best episodes they ever did. So yep. Tasha was in one really good one. Everybody gets one good episode. Like oh, I, I guess coming uh, up in season... Journey's End was – or not Journey's End. Uh, All, All Good, good things. things. Yeah. No, that was good too, and that was her in a flashback. So, yeah. I I maintain that the, coming up in season three here, we have an, a week where we're doing Yesterday's Enterprise and uh, The Offspring, which is Data Builds a Daughter. Those That is the best week we are ever going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds that, about right. That is a solid fucking pairing of episodes right there, and completely differently good episodes, yep. too. One's a, like a, a mind-fuck high-concept thing, and one's a character piece, and just the best that that show can do, basically. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to that. We don't um, have guests for that one, do we? I don't know if we do or not, actually. I don't have the, the list in front of me. We may. I'd be kind of glad um, if we don't. Yeah. Best episodes <laughs> of those are ours. I'm going to be crying. <laughs> That the offspring gets me every time. It's just one of those things. Mm. Um, no, we, we also don't have any guests for best of both worlds because that's that's us. That's for us. <laughs> mine, mine. This is this is Alan Matt time, kids. Sorry, go to bed. <laughs> you guys can come yeah. back when we do Shades of Grey two or Shades of Grey. <laughs> you guys can come back Shady for time travelers. <laughs> I like that one too. I like part one of that. Part two of that is horrible. <laughs> Data's You're mystery wrong. castle. I really like building up to it. I like the, the only the, thing I don't like about that is now Data's head is four thousand years old. I like that actually. No, I just don't like how how Mark Twain just keeps popping up and being annoying just to be annoying. I'm back, everybody. What's up, bitches? <laughs> Mark What's up, Picard? Stop. <laughs> Mark Twain in the hizzy. For Anyway, we'll get there. Now, my, my thing, and I can't point this out yet until it happens, but uh, Star Trek Next Gen hardly ever did good part twos. Mm. They did great build-ups and then really shitty payoffs pretty much every time. And we'll see this as we go. I think their two-parters are always, they always suffer Best in the second part. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds part two was nowhere near as good as part one. It's still good, though. The cop-out ending just really bugged me. Just like, oh, yeah, we can beat them like this. Well... Part of that um, was that they wrote, the, wrote I mean, themselves into a corner. If you, yeah, if, if you want to wait on this one or not. But uh, part of it was Michael Piller was convinced he was leaving at the end of season three, so he right. just wrote a thing that they couldn't get out of, and right. then, he, then they hired him back, and he's like, oh, shit, i got to solve this now. No, and the problem is they did a lot of that. They kept writing themselves into these challenging corners at the end of one season and then coming back and saying, fuck, now what? Well, and I mean, and that's you could a good see writing that over exercise over if you can write, if you can, you know, figure a way and, out of it. And if you guys disagree, you know, when we get there, we'll debate this. But I feel like just about every time, there's one or two exceptions, but just about every time when they pick up part two, it's like, uh, and then it got solved. And it's just never, like, the promise of action is always better than the delivery of the action. Time displaced, Romulan rape baby aside, I believe I like the second part of Unification. I don't Uh, remember. The second part of Unification actually had Spock in it, so that was a little better. But Time Displaced hey. Romulan Rape Baby was pretty bad. Anything's featuring Spock instantly gets at least a little better. Yeah, but sure. they really they really wasted an opportunity with Spock there. Mm. They could have done some cooler stuff with him, and they did not. Yeah. Actually, no, I think I like Park 1 better, because I liked all the stuff with Sarek better than I liked the Spock stuff, actually. 
But we'll we'll get there. Well, we'll you're naturally talking... a big Seraph fan. Oh, um, Four Lights, Chain of Command. That is true. There you go. That is that is my one exception. I knew there had to be actually. one. <laughs> there is one. Those, but that's one of those. And I'm not I'm not backpedaling here. I'll, I'll totally give yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's for sure. That's one of those where they're only sort of tangentially connected. Where the first part is way more about the new captain of the Enterprise, and the second part is way more about Picard being tortured. Like it's not one continuous story. They're connected, but it's you know what I mean. Like the focus right, is right, very yeah. different. It's like the what is it birthright. Where, oh, where like, there's uh, a data, data story and a wharf story. And a wharf story, right. And they're sort of overlapping, and it's a two-parter, but they really have nothing to do with each other. Mm. That's, that's uh, how it, I feel it, about that. That one was a theme when it was about family or something. Yeah, exactly. But I, And I think they did two parts to get more money. Right. They do that trick mm. to double their budget, but it still wasn't, you know. They could have been two separate episodes just fine. Mm. Oh, and um, getting back to the question. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. The, per, people who didn't. <laughs> did the least I think we all have the, I think we all have the same answer here but go yeah. ahead uh, that would be Troy yeah Flunk what do you think yeah that sounds right yeah I mean I, see, the, she had a couple of moments toward the end of the season she had in the Luxana episode I love the way she plays off Luxana I think that's great yep comedically and then the following episode which was that I just remember two in a row where she actually did okay um oh god what was oh it? the Kalar episode right where she actually had some good scenes with Kalar, and they didn't. Yeah, no, she was really fun in that one. Yeah, she was, and actually a decent counselor. Mm-hmm. But in general, she's good when she's not counseling. Yeah, that's when she's the thing. like Picard's assistant. The, I like her when she's right. has to feel things. She's stupid. Hey, yep. I there's there's a couple of times save where him. <laughs> you, you must, must save, save him. him. There, there's a couple of times where I can remember through the course of the series where. She actually had some standout counselor moments, but not many of them. Mm. Um, I, everyone gets one good episode, like I said, and mine for her is the one where she wakes up and she's a Romulan. <laughs> I, like, I don't like that one, but... Well, sure, right. because she becomes a Romulan and they get changed back at the end. Of course you <laughs> no, don't no, like that, that's that's not it. That's actually not it. What it is, is I, I don't like the shock teaser of she wakes up as a Romulan. That just didn't make much sense to me, but... I like, I, I like Romulans. There's the whole espionage thing. That was the first one with the Tal Shiar. I think it felt... I, I liked when they did that idea better when Kira woke up as a Cardassian DS9 spoilers. Mm. But we'll get to that. I, don't know, I haven't seen that one in forever, so I'm willing to pass judgment when we actually get to it. Yeah, and, and we're obviously talking, you know, faint memories of things that we haven't gotten to in depth yet, so... My thing with season two is that, you know, every... Like, Riker's beard's a nice indication, but... Everyone got character development. Yep. Season two, like yeah. everyone's better than they were. Yeah, exactly. It you know, except Troy. Who Even Wesley had a lot of good moments. Yes. Well, and and that is the thing. My theory, and we'll we'll test this in season three. Mm. My theory is that without Beverly there, they don't write him as the mama's boy, and he's just a good character in and of himself. Yeah. But once they bring Beverly back, then it's like a, a boy and his mom, mm. and it's nowhere near as good. Now I'll be interested to see if that's true or not. Yeah, I. That's my current working theory. Because season two had a lot of good Wesley moments, and I keep being surprised. And I think it's because she's not around. Yeah. And not even a reflection of Beverly as a character, necessarily. Just as the writers being lazy and saying, he's a boy on a, on a ship with his mom, so let's yeah. write about that. I mean, <sighs> him being on the ship is not great for her character, either. No, it's not. And she's mm. just a mom. My baby! You must save him! <laughs> 
I don't think Jordy has gotten like he's got a job now, like you uh, like you said, Flonk. But he doesn't yeah. really he hasn't had any extensive character development yet. We haven't really gotten. He's had a, him and and Data's uh, relationship yeah. has worked out really well. Yeah, no, no, there's always, definitely some defining stuff with him. Absolutely, yeah. as far as those two go. But as far as Jordy the individual, we don't really know anything about him. We know about his friendship with Data, but we haven't gotten a good episode that gets in depth what Jordy's like, what he's about, what he does. You know, like yeah. Is this the season where he went wooey? <laughs> no, no, that was season, season one. one. That was no. early season one, actually. That might have been like the Naked Now. That was oh, actually wow. the first one where he was in engineering. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah they, he's down they there couldn't helping. afford a, a new chief engineer that week, so they <laughs> threw Jordy down there. Right. No, um, it, until they get an episode that focuses on him. Like, just about everyone else has had an episode that focuses on them, and Jordy has not. Yeah, they really haven't done one with him yet. Nope. And there's some good ones coming up. There's more than one, as I recall. Mm-hmm. But they haven't happened yet. But I mean, so, even just a, as a character with no episode for himself, like his development has gone like leaps and bounds this year. No, absolutely. Just and giving it's him a because, place to be and like. And you got a great actor, you know, use him. Mm-hmm. Don't just put him in the background. It's the same way I felt about Michael Dorn. Yep. Yeah. It's the same way I felt about a lot of the background, like uh, Cole Meany. Yeah, O'Brien yep. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, O'Brien has had the most, but that doesn't really count because you know. <sighs> no. Yeah, I guess he has had a lot of character improvements too, but yeah. with getting a name and all. Right. Oh, finally. Uh, all right, got a couple of voicemails here. This one right. is from our pal Bob. I think we all know that if, uh, for some reason, the Enterprise and uh, Doctor, the Doctor Who, you know, Doctor Who, uh, had to fight or battle of some sort, that uh, the Doctor would probably win. But who would win if Q and the Doctor had to fight? Huh? All right, then. Man, I want to see that. Hmm. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with the automatic assumption that, that the Doctor would win. But I do. That's just because I like Star yeah. Trek way yeah, better yeah, than I like win. Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see. Presumably in the comic, they're going to fight first because they always do. That's Because that's right. things go, yeah. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah. Right. And then they become friends. Right. But, um, but, but as far as the Doctor go, versus Q... I still got to go with the Doctor... <clears throat> versus Q, uh, beating Q. Yeah, the Doctor just faced down his share of god beings and, and come out on top, so yeah. Fair enough. I'm, gonna go I'm, I'm out of my well. depth here. I'm. I, I, we might have to hold this one over for our crossover show. Cause I, I, would be, I would be very interested interested to see what uh, what the Gabs have to say on that. Yeah, also, see, the thing, my thing the doctor is... Doctor has killed the devil, so... Yeah, yeah but the Doctor has also... On, uh, on the Enterprise. The yes, Doctor has also... Yes, but an Enterprise crew partied with the devil, so... Also, the Doctor has died ten times. So oh, he's you, died you, way more than ten you times. You forget that. Yeah, well, but he's regenerated ten times because he's got eleven regenerations. He's died like fifty times. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Whereas, you know, the Star Trek guys don't die yeah, nearly as true. often. They so lose more is, random guys, though. That is true. How many, but, guys, how many random guys has the Doctor lost? All of them, probably. <laughs> true. All right. We have one My final email guys. here. We have one final email here, and actually our friend Richard, uh, who wrote in to Sarcastic Voyage a while ago with a song, has oh, yes. actually sent us another song. Oh, how nice. Just a short song about Grappler Zorn. I know it was for a season, but <laughs> Grappler Zorn is never not relevant. <laughs> He's got a point there. Yes, that is true. So. I was searching down the far point for a giant jellyfish. And they say that if you capture her, she'll grant your every wish. 
All I wanted was an apple, but now I'm really torn because the only thing I want is Gruffler's arm. I need you, Gruffler, but you don't really care. You're so popular with that long and stringy hair. All I wanted was an apple, but now I know it's true. Gruffler's arm. The only thing I need is you. I, I owe you a severe apology here because uh, he sent us this right before the live show and he had intended for us to play it during the live show. And I would have loved to have done that in front of a live audience. I just, it didn't occur to me to answer mail then. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm saving this for the supplemental show. Had I known, had I opened it and looked, I totally would have played that. And I do apologize, Richard. I, I hope... We, we will post a link to this just as a separate downloadable thing yeah. because that is delightful. Yes, I definitely want to have that. You should yes. make that your ringtone. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a lot of fun. Um, okay, I had one final thing I wanted to mention real quick, and that is just uh, a quick... I've, I've Go actually ahead. got a, um, a question as well sure. because people don't know how to use email, so they text me questions. Oh, that's right, yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, this is from Dave, and he says... What's the problem with tribbles? Well, that's wrong. Um, what's the trouble <laughs> with tribbles? There we go. Wouldn't they be great for breaking down garbage and harvesting them for food? Uh, well, garbage, yes. Yeah. yeah. Not garbage. They, what no. are they going to do with garbage? That's that just doesn't make sense. Garbage. The whole you're not even speaking English. English. There's <laughs> problems with tribbles. There's garbage. <laughs> garbage. <sighs> do you even know English. what a Star Trek is, Dave? <laughs> Uh, I actually think that's not a bad idea, though. If, you, if yeah. depending on what they have to eat, I mean, I, as far as I know, they only eat quadratricale. Mm-hmm. But I don't it. know. That's that's what I hear. But yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't be bad, actually. I mean, we I guess I guess Worf talked about them being an ecological scourge. Mm-hmm. Yes, the great triple hunts that they sing songs about. <laughs> exactly. So I, I guess they could eat plants and trees I and crap. I think so, they I probably reproduce too quickly to be eaten. Like, like they're coming out faster than we can than we can eat them, especially if you're feeding them all your garbage. Like, mm-hmm. plus you really don't want to like. There's there's a reason people don't eat pigeon, and yeah. it's because yeah. Yeah. garbage fed animals maybe maybe not the most appetizing. Not so much, no. Yeah, although so the space garbage in the in the Bradenberry Utopia future, our garbage <laughs> is probably <laughs> relatively healthy. Maybe maybe that's what garbage is. <laughs> maybe garbage is sort of the evolved version of garbage. Anything's possible in Gene's visionary vision of a vision. All right, one one final thing. I wanted to do a quick little book report here. (laughs) Great Pigeon of the Galaxy. (laughs) I want to do a quick book report. I read a really, really good next-gen book, and I just wanted to to give it a a quick plug because it is fantastic. It is called The Buried Age. It's by Christopher Bennett. It, It covers what happened to Picard between the time when he lost the Stargazer before he took command of the Enterprise. And it's one of those... um, Explaining, filling in the gaps, explaining a lot of unexplained stuff, and I usually hate that, but it's right. done really, really well here. It explains, for instance, it explains why there are uh, a million anomalies all over the galaxy instead of you know them being anomalous, which I like. Uh, my my favorite one is um, he explains why Data's been in Starfleet for twenty five years and he knows nothing about humans. Oh, oh, nice. Which was, uh, Picard finds him uh, in some kind of a records job, like filing. And and it's what it is, is all the humans are just totally petrified of this robot, and they don't want to be anywhere near him. And so they always put him in corners doing, like, uh, you know, repetitive tasks. 
or occasionally they'll send them to like a danger zone, like where there's too much radiation or whatever. Oh. But they don't interact with them because they're creeped well, out a by highway. them. Yeah. And then, I, so when Picard finds him, he's like, "This is bullshit. This this guy is an officer. He's part of Starfleet. He doesn't know how to interact with people. I'm going to take him under my wing and teach him." That's really and cool. And it helps too with um with Measure of a Man. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of really clever ways of of weaving stuff together, and it it works really well. It's a fucking fantastic book. The the basic plot is uh, Picard after the Stargazer goes back to school to get his archaeology degree, and he goes on an archaeology adventure, and he discovers that something like two hundred million years ago, this actually happened on Earth. Two hundred million years ago, a bunch of life was wiped out, like the dinosaurs were wiped out, and then everything had to re-evolve from the beginning. Right. And what it turns out is this happened all across the galaxy, like on a bunch of planets. And he's got to figure out what happened and why through an archaeology adventure. And it's actually a really good read. And yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds, is. That sounds fantastic. And like I said, it's, it's, it's one of those coloring in all the little details, and there's so many, like, there's one or two things where he stumbles, but for the most part he does it really well and connects a lot of dots and makes sense of things that don't really make sense. And um, I don't know, awesome. in it, and it's it's really good. I really enjoy it. So check that out, and Matt. You wanted to right now, Matt. You wanted to briefly talk about the uh, the IDW comic series. Oh, I did. Yes, I've been. I I'm continuing to really dig that series. Uh, mm-hmm. The first issue of the very first like original uh, New Trek story uh, came out. I think maybe two weeks ago now. Yeah, they're up to issue seven, so I, get, I would imagine they collected the first six, if that's the usual. Yeah, the uh, the first comics. trade paperback is has been ava- available for maybe two weeks as well now, mm-hmm. and definitely worth your time if you haven't if you still haven't uh, read the book, read any of them. They started out by retelling classic episodes in the new continuity, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of interesting divergences from the original stories. Yeah, the um, we were talking about uh, oh the Galileo Seven, the one Galileo was Seven before the show started. And the complete turn that one takes in the last half. Right. It's now, the just, first issue, I was just, like, not really on board. Like, uh, really? This is not very... This is just the episode. I've seen this already. Yeah. And then suddenly, whoa, never mind. No, it, it's, I, and I love... I just love the way they they um, they take all the changes, you know, to the series, to their right. logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, just off the top of my head, I talked about this before, but uh, the woman in uh, uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before apparently dated Bones and so wasn't on the ship now that he is there for the beginning of the series. Right. Because there was the awkwardness of ah, yeah, I'm not I'm not going there. Mm. <laughs> Got enough of that with the captain. Don't need to have doctors right. as well. Because apparently it's fine when, when it happens to Bones, but if it's ha- if it's a woman Kirk used to date, Bones will put her on put them on a mission together. Right. No, that's um it's been fun, and now, like, with issue seven, they've started telling a new story that isn't based on an episode. Yep. And I'm not completely sold yet, but we'll see where the second part goes. And you were saying you, you were quite enjoying it, so. Yes, and they're coming up on, uh, they're doing a Tribbles one, but it's not going to be the trouble with Tribbles, it's going to be, oh god, what the hell did the I say problems with Tribbles? Sorry? I don't know. The, the problems with Tribbles? tribbles. That was <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's what is it, monthly, right? Yes. So, People can check that out, and it's basically all we get in the new continuity for right now. Yep. So until until the new movie comes out, which I think we should right now just go on the record as saying we're not going to talk about that anymore. Like I don't want to talk about any more rumors. I really don't want any more spoilers. The movie's out. It's still not another year, mm-hmm. but I think unless some major piece of news comes out, I think we just need to not yeah 
Like, what I don't want to do is dissect it all and ruin it all and yeah, not no, be surprised the, by anything. The, the, plan, the plan is still that we're going to go see it together when it comes out. Oh yes, and we will we will do an emergency supplemental. Yes, and and tell you guys exactly what we think. So. Yes. So look forward to that. All right. Any any Excuse further business, Flunk? You got any anything? Uh, nah. Anything you've been reading, watching? Anything um, we said that you want to correct? <laughs> no. Good. Yeah, like I said, I'm just watching Voyager, and it's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. We'll get there in a few years. So. Oh, you know yeah. what? Um, we can do this really quick. Uh, New Frontier books. What do you guys think? I, like I read the first I'm one on the and didn't care for them. Yeah, Matt okay. loves them. Yeah, I read the first. I read the first bunch, and then I, I'm taking a break from them right now. But I, I like them too. They're a lot That's of fun. Awesome. It's very I much Peter David it. doing whatever the fuck he wants with the TNG universe. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't love it, but I will. I might give it another chance at some point. Like I said, reading this most recent book, I was really sort of like I might start reading more Star Trek books now. This guy wrote one about the uh, the temporal investigations guys. Yes, which I think might be fun. Like those guys. It's the guy, the same guy who wrote the Barrett Age wrote that, so that's a good sign. That was him, huh? Man, yeah. I'm definitely gonna check those out now. And there's actually a second one out this year. It's already out. I've seen it at work. Yeah, I saw. And, and yeah, so, I saw they just did an interview on uh, StarTrek.com with the with the author. Yep. That guy, if it's if it's anywhere near as good as the Buried Age, it'll be great. And mm. he has a lot of respect for the for the you know, like all the the stuff. But he's also not afraid to sort of strike out in new directions, which is sure. Cool. So I'll be looking forward to that. All right. Well, that is all for now. We will jump back in with season three um, next week. So look yep. forward to that. And right. uh, what season follows? Three. Real what do we quick. start? Like yeah, the show just not just like the uniforms and stuff. Like the show just Everything. looks so much better. Like they well, got they, a new cameras or something, but the show is just so much better in season I three. I think they I think they settled on like a couple of permanent directors and they finally figured out what the house style was, which helps a lot. Yeah, it wasn't inconsistent from week to week. When did but, Craig start directing episodes? Uh, that wasn't until later, four or five, something like that. I think. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they didn't let the actors direct early on. Yeah, Levar Burton directed a bunch too. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart I think they all did at some point, but the two main cast yeah. members were Frakes and Burton. No, and Frakes was good enough that they gave a movie yeah, to him. They gave him two movies, yeah. Yeah. So, we got that to look and forward to. Now, everything the about stoppers. the show just completely falls into place with season three. Everything yep. is just exactly where it needs to be. Next year, it's just quintessential next-gen next season. Yeah. Which is not to say there aren't bad episodes. There will be a few stinkers in there, too. So, look forward to that. Uh, what are we starting with for next week? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. There's the one with Dr. Kelso from Scrubs. Sure. And the other one. one. And the other one. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, Evolution and the Ensigns of Command. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know. Uh, I know our pal B that will be like a joining us. Could be. He's an ensign, after all. Now, our, our B will be joining us for the first time, so that, that should be a good time. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh... We'll be doing that. So what follows this recording is uh, the the Q&A that we did at our live show. It wasn't really long enough to merit its own episode, but it is it does sort of fit the tone of our supplemental shows. Listen so. to me bungle a visual joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you bought the video, you would see the visual joke. Which is so. why you no, should buy the, the camera video. I watched it. The camera wasn't, wasn't on me. So. Oh, well. Yeah. Damn it. You just, you just blew a $3 sale. Thanks for that. Damn it, Flunk. I'll just be closing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Look at them watch me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, uh, Matt, it's not officially the end of the show yet, but we can't stop recording until you say your thing. So please say your thing. See ya, folks. 
Oh. Right, we did not, unfortunately, have enough time to promote this outside our mostly our little circle of friends. I noticed a few people I don't recognize, which is, is fantastic yeah. to see you guys. Uh, so this is sort of off off the cuff, but if you have any questions or anything, there is a microphone there. Yep. And we, we have it. We might as well means, pay for it. Just uh, right, right there. And, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We can wait, sir. I, we have it, nothing to touch. I think it comes off if you want. <laughs> or maybe you just break it. Well, I'll just... There. Oh, okay, good. No, 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 all right. Hi. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. <laughs> <laughs> I will never be Eric Bana, thank you. <laughs> if you get the face tattoos, that'll work. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Okay. I saw a fake Chakotay yesterday. Right? <laughs> I gave him hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> For the entire however long it takes for him to be within earshot. Oh, I just did here not comes let Chakotay up on him. walking down the street like he doesn't see me over here. Hello, Chakotay. Well, what's nice is I had a puppet, and uh-huh. I, the puppet is able to say things that I cannot say. Yes. <laughs> and he just, oh, so you picked the absolute worst. Ca- I mean, I can't say it without the puppet. It's uh-huh. weird, but. Hang on, just. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sir. What? Uh... Well, yes. Um, I want to tell you guys that I recently picked up a uh, companion guide that was finished right after the fifth season ended. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're still talking about well, maybe we'll have a sixth and seventh season. Who knows? Okay. But the person wrote like totally was in love with Gene Roddenberry because she continually referred to him as the Great Bird of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. yes. And I thought, well, that's the stupidest thing. But I said, like, wait a second, I've been hearing this in my head from Al for like months now. Great Bird of the Galaxy. Yep. And I'm like, where did well, that come from? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. Well, it turns out. Uh, I agree with Matt. I never liked Pulaski. She seemed like a Bones retread. Thank you. Okay, well, the, the give, throw Matt a life raft here. Why don't you like... I just want to hear some... Well, because she's, she's... First of all, she's a Bones retread. That's fair. It's like, you know, you can't do better than Bones. That is true. Don't try. And she's... I always noticed that she was taking liberties that Bones had earned that she had just mm-hmm. shown up and started yeah. doing. Where yeah. is this stuff on the show? I did this, this the week we ta- that she okay, showed up. I don't, I don't remember I that, flat right. out told you. She was taking liberties that Bones deserved that, that by being friends with Kirk that she had not earned yet. That's fair. And now, um, will you shut up about it? Nope. <laughs> In the guide, they met, uh, the author mentioned that the whole reason Plaska was brought on, period, and Gates McLean was let go was because the great bird of the galaxy wanted her gone. He didn't, oh. he didn't, she didn't, he didn't like how she acted. Really? Figured, yeah. Not a tap dancing fan, huh? Definitely <laughs> not. You know, no one let, you know, only a few people like the dancing doctor. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but what happened was uh, Picard, James, uh, Patrick Stewart, yes. after that season said, you know what, she's really good. She can do better. Just bring her back. And so that's why Pulaski left. Huh. Oh, something that we agree with Roddenberry on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't. He wanted her gone. Right. Um... The the thing about the whole anti Roddenberry, and I always feel so bad, especially yeah. if we're talking to people that haven't heard us before, because it, it is the guy's dead, and it seems in such bad taste to, to badmouth him. But uh, thank you, by the way. Yes. Um, it, it seems. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Remember who you're here to yeah. see. <laughs> um, no, it always feels so tacky, and, and Matt will go far, if, far worse with it than I will. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you're dead, Gene. I'm yep. like, Matt, we shouldn't say that. I, no. I am too, by the way, but <laughs> we shouldn't say it. No, the thing is, back in the day, and, and this might be one of those times where the age difference makes a difference, because like, I read a lot of the same books that, you know, that were being published as the show came out in magazines and stuff. Mm. A lot of the Gene ruined this story stories weren't out yet. Yeah. And the, the sort of the PR angle from Paramount was he knows what he's doing. He's the great bird of the galaxy. Everything good happens yeah. because of him. And this has all sort of come out in the last 20 years, and yeah. so that's sort of 
a result of us doing this now. If, if there's one thing that doing this has sort of revealed to us, it's that you know, guy with one good, like a great idea, a that fantastic idea that lives on and that on. That was great and, enough know. to just last and last and last for what, almost 50 years now, right? Uh, yeah, about that. But I think uh, uh, 2016 would be yeah. the 50th. Yeah. But no idea how characters work at all. Yeah. And which is weird because he created. I mean, that those three guys from the original series yeah. are still. Like the it's finest. Not, it's not three my guys. favorite show, and it's not my favorite like at all. But those, that you can't top those guys. That is They're one the of the greatest relationships in all of. Fiction. It is, and you know, there's times where just like there could be an entire episode that's not about anything science fiction. It's just it's about just, their friendship, yeah. And it's just like, and that's some of the best stuff. I will really watch is. that forever. Absolutely. The only flaw in the new in new Trek that I can see is that we haven't had enough of bones yet. No, and hopefully, I mean, a lot of that was laying the groundwork. Hopefully, yeah. in the next one, they'll they'll do more of that. But um, no, but uh, yeah, no idea how characters work. Now, on the other hand, and I that would, makes me sad. I would say that Major Barrett appeared to, if not have a better handle, at least know when she needed to back off. Yep. When it all turned over to her control, and when she had to like sort of, well, I'm Jean's, you know, yeah. surviving widow or whatever. Mm. She didn't screw it up. She didn't continue to move things in a yeah. weird direction, which was cool. And it was very sad that she passed a couple of years ago. Yeah. If nothing else, because now the Enterprise voice isn't going to sound right no. at all. Now it's going to sound like Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will. Our feelings aside, that will bring in a certain segment of uh, uh, people who are going to watch it anyway. What you am got I me saying? There, yeah. <laughs> what uh, Will Wheaton's going to be on a Star Trek thing? Oh, I love wow. him and Stand by Me. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? I, like I say, I know this is, is uh, with no warning whatsoever, but uh, we're here. Ride to serve the microphone. You. As long as you ask Coke or Pepsi, I will murder you while you stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fox Plus Dime McCarr. <laughs> no? All right. Um, so you guys are sitting there with your iPad, and Matt, you have an e-reader. Um, I do. Not on you, but in general. And um, be honest, how often do you sit there and pretend that you're in your writer room reading reports from the neutral zone? I got to tell you, when I got my first BlackBerry and just, you know, I could whip it out and... I was like, this is fucking awesome. I have a tricorder now. The, the weird thing is, I felt like that 10 years ago when I had a flip phone, mm -hmm. and we've moved beyond those, and it's like... Oh. Well, I briefly had a flip phone, and it was like, I can't get it to flip right. No, I had to loosen the hinge so yeah. much that it was almost broken. Fucking but I can, thing just you know. flies off. But it's a, there's, a, there's a knack to that. This you got to have the right I, wrist. I mean, I mean, Shatner got fat in season three, but he had some great wrist action yep. still. Well, his, his wrists were always nimble. <laughs> no one can take that from him. <laughs> Not even you. Not until I get that bone saw I no, ordered that's anyway. True. <laughs> um, I would, I would, along those lines, though, love to have, you know, a phone on my chest, yep. which is completely impractical and totally stupid. Mm -hmm. But I want to be able to tap my, you know, yeah, it's I mean, supposed like, to be on this side, but the mic's over. Like, the Dick Tracy wrist thing makes more sense, but it's just not as cool. No, not at all. Um, but, yeah, with the, the, the thing about e-readers and iPads and stuff is you've got to have a stack of them, which, in retrospect, makes absolutely no yeah. sense. I have, you know, I mean, this is a, an iPad 1, for God's sake. It's practically garbage. Like, I should throw it away or whatever. Um, no, I mean, this, is, this isn't even the latest and greatest. And I have, like, a thousand comics on here yep. and a ton of books. Like, why do they have more than one on their desk? What is, what is the storage capacity of a Star Trek pad? Well, Gene hated the idea of people having one of things. Oh, well, of course. I mean, I get... I That's get, why he had so many lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Name five. Okay, wife, Maj Majel Barrett, 
No, his wife is Majel Barrett. No, he had a first wife. Oh, this is very my well. point. Very well. Wife he cheated on with Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett, uh, invisible woman who came after Majel Barrett. Michelle <laughs> uh, Nichols, Paula Tompkins. Nicely <laughs> <laughs> done. That was, by the way, an improv technique that I stole from Mr. Tompkins, which is <laughs> put the other guy on the spot and make him make a list with no warning yep. whatsoever. <laughs> and he, he swam. Good job. Uh, no, I mean, I love. I mean, it, again, sort of a cliche to say it's great to be in the future and live with all the Star Trek stuff, but it's it's so totally yeah. is. I mean, and it, the dire- the direction technology's taken going through Star Trek is really cool too. You know, what do like you mean? I feel I, like I when they were designing the cell phones, they used the communicator. Yeah, that's, that's as true. a prototype for it. iPad, same with the iPad. Like you well, know, that, the touch and, screen came from TNG. I assume. Yeah, that's you. true. Bob, you're you're more of an Apple expert than I am. Did they name the pad after the like the iPad after the pad officially, or do you not know, like? All eyes to... on you, buddy. Better think of something quick. <laughs> not officially, that I know. Of. Well, they didn't want to get sued, but they yeah. probably really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? All right. Well, oh, you got. Uh, yeah. Uh, Come on. Oh, oh. Ask us about science. What Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Ramotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.